Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, as always, are Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. It's our second show of the week. It's not the last show of the week, and uh, it's Notre Dame week. So there, there's a lot to talk about, but today we're going to focus heavily on recruiting. Today is all about recruiting. Well, not all about recruiting, but about 90% recruiting and how big this weekend is for George on the trail. We're going to discuss that topic head on. We're going to talk about some of the big prospects that are going to be in town for this Notre Dame game. We're going to go, we're going to go a little story time from our, all of our times as recruiter uh, covering recruiting and, and guys who who kind of have been out there and have seen some of these prospects and talked to some of these prospects who have attended big games and what kind of impact it can have. Uh, but before we get to that, guys, uh, uh, we, we haven't had a chance to do this in the last couple shows, but uh, I, I want to see how you guys are doing, how, how everything's going for you, Rusty, and uh, feel free to throw some Bojangles in there. You know what? I'm, I'm going to really let some people down. I've walked three miles this morning and ate a fiber bar. I mean, I am just letting – Every grown man in the country listening to this down right now. I will try to do better tomorrow and probably try to get a uh, chicken biscuit to start the day. But trying to get a little bit, trying to maintain a little bit as football season comes around because, for example, Friday at 12,000 steps, a little over four miles. Saturday, college football, I had 1,100 steps. <laughs> I tell you. What I do on Saturday, so I'm trying to make up for it. But but uh, I'll, I'll hit Bojangles before I get to Athens for sure this weekend. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not super quick at at calculating percentages, but I believe that's a thousand percent reduction in your in your activity level. Uh, which which uh, hey, that happens to all of us. I, I don't get a ton of steps in on game day either. I I, I mainly sit up there and and uh, try to fend myself off from eating all those free cookies they give us in the press box. And, and I only had one this past week, one oatmeal raisin cookie. So uh, what's going on with you, Kip? Well, uh, wife is out of town for the weekend. and uh, Oh, yeah. snap. Oh, the, man. Hit Buckhead wide open, didn't he? The house did not burn down. That was uh, She was real proud of me for that. Uh, Popcorn she, for breakfast. Had some, Well, I had about seven meals worth of some smoked chicken enchilada chili and then uh also only had one meal out and so also got some brownie points on that one went to greater good barbecue indicator and got some smoked wings and tried out their their brisket chili which is topped with mac and cheese and, and queso cheese dip and so uh, I think the biggest accomplishment for me this weekend was uh, maintaining my weight. I was real shocked, shocked as anyone would be after uh, eating what I did over the weekend. I think what may have helped me out was uh, Decatur had a water boil advisory because the, uh, the power went out, I think, at the water treatment plant. So I, I was uh, drinking a lot of bottled water and uh, that really that really helped out a lot. So. I thought it was, you know, a pretty productive weekend for me, able to eat whatever I want and stay at my weight. That's that's basically uh, our, our dream at this point in our lives. So pretty happy about that. Dude, my move when my wife goes out of town is I go to Stripling's. I get a prime bone-in ribeye and uh, no fork, no knife, just barehanded. And sit, sit there in the recliner and barehand a whole ribeye. Caveman. You have yeah, on the edge. Exactly. You had me on the edge of my seat when you started that sentence out. By the way, usually, uh, usually shirtless too. I, I usually don't put a shirt on either. It's it's the Braves and a, and a bone-in ribeye with my bare hands. Oh man! And, uh, I tell you what, it's it's therapeutic, man. Some every now and then I'll get a bone-in ribeye, and then my side will be a sirloin. So um, that's that's kind of how I approach it. Let's before we jump headfirst into recruiting, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of the buzz we're hearing about this game. Um, and, and kind of, you know, we all have different, we all live in different places. We all run in different circles and, and look at different things, listen to different podcasts, radio shows, different TV shows, stuff like that. What have, have you know, and, and Kip, I'll start off with you. What, what have you heard about this game and, and, and what, what's kind of been your vibe about how big it's already uh, getting and, and we're just in, at Tuesday? I mean, there's a lot of buzz about this game. It really, you know, it's dominated all, all talk radio that I've listened to. Whenever I turn it on, 
and you know that's that's been the basis of the discussion. They've all you know been talking about this matchup, and, and it seems like it, it is the must you know see show this weekend. So, you know, th- there's people that have been been here for you know decades that, as far as the on campus games for Georgia, you know, from whatever they haven't really had this much buzz, you know, and then it would it be a night game. I mean, there's been big SEC matchups, but I think just the fact that this is Notre Dame coming to town for the first time, it's this game's kind of just like taking a life of its own, really, I think. Um, and then, again, with, with CBS using that as its primetime game, I think um, it, it, it's it, it just – it adds something else to it because usually it's an SEC matchup. I mean, these CBS games have have not normally been non-conference matchups. So I, I just think there's something unique about it. And with the history between these two teams, it, it just kind of adds another element, you know, them both being top 10 teams as well. It's kind of, like we said before, it's kind of that perfect storm for, for a big-time game in Athens. Rusty, based on what you've watched and heard and seen and and you know discussions, all that stuff, what how how much have you seen the buzz uh, already around this game? I mean, it's, it's it's the national game. I mean, like Kip said, um, you know, I watch more TV, uh, sports TV than I do listen to radio, and you know, everybody's talking about it. You can't turn on ESPN, you can't turn on SEC Network, you can't turn on anything uh, without everybody talking about this game and. Like I said on the last podcast, podcast is a great opportunity for Georgia uh, to showcase their program. Uh, this is a reason. This is the only reason you schedule a game like this to be the center of the college football world. Game days here. Uh, the attention will start early this morning. It'll start. I mean, it'll start early Saturday morning. It'll start Friday afternoon when they, you know, they start doing their live shots from Athens and. Um, you know, Kip sent me something yesterday. CBS Sports is taking over Georgia Theater. Uh, a lot of former players, no Sean Marino, all those guys are going to be up there uh, all day long. So uh, Georgia is going to have the entire world of college football eyes on them Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And there's really – the buzz is unlimited right now with, with, with the amount of coverage on this game. And, um, you know, you, you just look at the – ramifications of recruiting uh the exposure winning games winning if georgia wins this game uh you know for everybody getting to watch notre dame is such a big pool because it gets those parts of the country that normally could care less about sec football and and it's hard for us in this area to fathom but there's areas of the country that could give a rat's ass for lack of a better term about the sec they're tired of it with notre dame involved you're going to get all those areas in the Midwest all the way up, you know, through those areas that are going to watch this game. And uh, Georgia gets a chance to showcase their program and Kirby Smart, you know, and whoever agreed to this game in 2014, this is the reason why. Absolutely. I mean, you you struck it and right, you know, 300 yards right down the middle of the fairway when you said this is this is the objective and it's mission accomplished. Uh, the objective is to get the entire country focused on you, focused on this game, create buzz around your program. That helps in recruiting. That helps in national perception. We saw how it helped Georgia in the college football playoff discussion in 2017 when Georgia was ranked number one when those first college football rankings came out because they Notre Dame was ranked 11th going into that game. Notre Dame got better as the season went on. Um, ended up getting blown out by Miami, but won some games in between there that that gave people the perception that Georgia should have been the number one team in the country, and they were for a couple weeks before falling to Auburn. So it's definitely mission accomplished, and and I've, I I'm with you guys on this. Uh, I just the buzz has been crazy. I was I listened to a little bit of XM radio. Uh, after you know, while on the way home from taking the kids to school, you know, you got to listen to uh, some some Disney tunes for the four year old on the way to school. But but I get the radio to myself for the 15, 20 minutes after, and uh, I, I heard uh, Danny Cannell and uh, and Greg McElroy uh, talking about it. Uh, you know, for probably about five six minutes, kind of about this game, and and uh, you know, d- thought it was pretty interesting. Neither one of them really said Georgia needs to win this game convincingly. They just need to win this game. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, it's going to be huge this weekend. The game atmosphere is going to be huge, but it's going to also be huge for recruiting. And and Rusty, you and I, and, and, and I'm not sure if it was the podcast we did without Kip. It may have been another one. I can't really remember. We, we've done uh, by about t- almost two dozen of these things th- thus far. But you, you talked about how 
this game was going to be so big that that you know some of your sources were telling you didn't know. I mean, they didn't know how they were going to handle it. You know, they, there's going to be so many big time recruits on campus. Sure. But I, I want to learn. I, I want to know what you think about this game and how the atmosphere itself and how the vibe and and the energy inside of Sanford Stadium and around Athens for all weekend for the official visitors. How is that going to impact? Uh, George's recruiting and, and what what kind of inc- impact can it have? It's huge. I mean, I, I know Sunday as we start the coverage in the afternoon and going into next week, uh, following up with the recruits, everybody's going to ask, hey, did anybody commit? You know, and, and Georgia may not get a commitment out of this weekend. The same thing with G-Day. You know, they didn't have the, the initial buzz, but two weeks later, you know, three weeks later, you know, you start getting M- MJ Sherman, you start getting – Tate Ratledge, all those guys committed a couple weeks after that, and they all basically told me that, you know, G-Day, they were like, man, I, I just know this is a place for me. So you know, an atmosphere like that, uh, it's invaluable. And and those guys <clears throat> sit up there and they picture themselves, hey, this could be us, you know, this could be me, this could be us, you know, uh, playing here in a couple years, uh, big night game in Sanford Stadium. You look at the – logistics and the dynamics of the weekend you take for example theo johnson is coming from canada and darnell washington and his family are coming from las vegas their official visits start friday so not only is georgia preparing for notre dame and putting in the final pieces of the puzzle and double checking things and game plans and uh, going over the final uh, things with their team and they have meetings on friday night they go to a movie all that kind of they're going to be entertaining two of their top prospects a very, very valuable time on Friday. This is not ideal. Georgia would have loved both of those guys to come after the season where they could lock in. Those days are over. Me and Kip covered those when you used to have the mid-December big gala weekend and all that. Those days are over. You get your official visits when you get them and you take advantage of them in Georgia uh, it's going to be interesting because they're going to have so many top targets and so much going on. I will say the one advantage I think here is the game is so late, they're going to get to spend some time with the recruits during the day. They'll do the academic tours. They'll do all this and that. They'll sit in some pregame meetings. But Kirby Smart is going to be able to get his time with those guys on Saturday and still coach his football team. Now, they'll have a breakfast Sunday morning before they leave town shortly after that with Coach Smart. But think about that. You got Notre Dame. You got all this going on. But you also got, for example, two of your major, major targets in town. And you have to make sure their time is is used wisely as well to sell your program to those guys. Yeah, and, and this right here is is massive for for those uh, – that army of, of support staffers that Georgia has, because while coaches are in meetings, they're getting entertained. They're getting entertained by guys they've already built relationships with. And that's why it's important. You know, I I remember several years ago, everybody talking about, Oh, well, you know, cause Alabama had the gold standard at the time. As far as staffs go, they, they had the biggest staff in the country by far, probably still do. It's still bigger than Georgia staff. Kirby smart said early on, he didn't, he didn't really necessarily think it was pertinent to have a staff or or, or necessary to have a staff that big, uh, but but he did feel like it was you know he he had his own vision for how big he wanted his staff to be, and and the, the folks who talked about Alabama staff really focused on well they've got guys working ahead and they've got guys planning ahead all these analysts that helps but but every school has guys working ahead I mean Georgia's already gotten film broke down at this point for. Tennessee, for Auburn, for South Carolina. They've broken down every game that those teams have played already. They do that as they go. All of that takes place as the season goes on. Where where the big staffs really help you out, and I don't care if it's an offensive analyst, if it's a guy who's specifically assigned to recruiting, or a special teams guy that's out there uh, flipping balls and simulating punt snaps to Jake Camarda, all of those guys, it's all hands on deck. And and they're all there to you know for a, for a Friday night for the Saturday during the day for the Sunday they're out there hanging out with recruits making sure that those guys are comfortable making sure they're where they're supposed to be and that they're seeing the things that that have been 
putting the itinerary for them to see, and uh, and that's all really really important. Now, you hit on something else, Rusty, that that I think Kip's going to be able to kind of speak to here, and it's the fact that you've got so many top targets in town. Now, the, there's a perceived negative that comes with that, and that's that how are you going to give all those guys attention? But the perceived positive here is something, Kip, I, I think you you really under, you have a really good understanding of having covered some of the guys you've covered. Those top targets, having them all in town, works in your advantage. Works to your advantage too, and uh, and and I, I kind of want to get an idea of how. Yeah, I, I'm usually one to kind of downplay the you know re- recruits wanting to play with other guys because you know I think in the end when it comes down to that eleventh hour, you know these guys all kind of make their own decisions. But at the same time, these guys do build relationships with each other. They go to the camps together. You know, a lot of these guys are at the the opening regionals and then the opening finals together. Then those spring visits, you know, G Day, the different college campuses. They they see each other over and over again, you know, in different settings. And they, and they do talk. I mean, they'll always they'll downplay it. They'll say, you know, we don't really talk about recruiting. We'll give that cliched answer. You know, we just talk about life. Same thing they say with coaches. But they, they, they do want, you know, they, they get that desire to, to want to play with each other and to play with top prospects. And, and yeah, I think when you look at Georgia's schedule last year, you know, that big game last year, the home schedule, it ended up being that November 10th Auburn game. And, and as Rusty said, you know, the coaches would just prefer if they, if they took these official visits after the season not just because, uh, you know, they would be able to focus on it more, but also it gets them closer to that, you know, that early signing period date. So it, it gets them a, a much fresher, uh, you know, look with the prospects before they're set to sign. And But that Auburn game was important. They got Tyreek Stevenson on campus for an official visit that weekend. They got, you know, N'Kobe Dean uh, on campus for an official visit that weekend. And... And I remember Nakobe telling me, you know, that that he was there with Nolan Smith, and and Nolan was telling him like, you know, let's let's do this, you know, let's be roommates here, let's let's go to play here, and, and, and suit up together. And while I think that the G Day visit was huge for Kobe's family, getting you know just getting to know that staff, and 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 then uh that scavenger hunt was huge for them as well i I think that that official visit kind of you know gave them that that comfort level gave kobe that comfort level and then you know the atmosphere as well so i I do think it's important and and there and there is a you know a tangible factor there it also you know with this weekend you know i talked to georgia's official visitors uh on uh, monday talked to theo johnson talked to darnell washington talk to Noah Sewell and you know those guys almost immediately brought up each other you know I asked them what they were looking forward to Darnell Washington the five-star tight end out of Las Vegas immediately was like getting to see uh, Theo Johnson again you know we've grown really close in this process so getting them on on campus together and obviously George is going to have a large number of their commitments in town on unofficial visits you know that that does help Georgia, and it also takes some of the weight, you know, off that Georgia staff. Again, we're talking about a major game that Georgia's focused on, and these prospects are going to be spending time with each other. And that's going to help the Georgia staff as well. So there, there's a big benefit to the big game atmosphere, and, and also a big benefit to having, you know, a good group of guys already committed. Georgia with this 16 commitments, that you know they're able to bond together and, and start talking about you know, how this could be them next year. So I do think it helps Georgia a lot. And then another factor, you know, we're talking about how Georgia and probably a lot of schools prefer those December official visits. You look at the calendar this year. Last year, the SEC championship game was, I believe, on December 1st. And this year, it's December 7th. So that takes away that one weekend. That gives that there's only one weekend, December 14th, before that uh, – you know, that early signing period is going to come around. So correct me if I'm wrong. That means that there's only going to be one week in that month for official visitors before that early signing period comes around. So I think that, you know, that, that makes these big games even, even more crucial for Georgia as far as getting these recruits on campus. From what I saw in the last cycle, I think Georgia really used those December visits mostly for the commitments 
and then maybe you know those hail marys you're trying to throw before the early signing period that's kind of what it seems like the emphasis is now with the december official visit so rusty's right you get them on campus when you can and, and georgia's got some big time names coming to town together uh, this weekend for the notre dame game and, and it, I think it's, you know, it, it, it gives them a boost that they're coming together and that they know each other so well. Yeah, you, you've got guys like Carson Beck and and whatever, whoever co- other commitments are going to be in town that are going to go, they're going to get attention. They're going to get all of that stuff, you know, kind of heaped upon them too. They're going to get loved on, but there's going to become a point where if it's only for an hour or so where they're going to become staffers too. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to put on the UGA support staff hat and, and help out with some of the guys who aren't committed. And, and that's really big. And, and also uh, I think that, that when you talk about this, one of my things has always been, you know, having a little bit of a recruiting coverage background is the fact that I don't think that, that I think very few times does playing with another guy directly affect another recruitment. But I think it indirectly affects it because it helps you get guys on campus. It helps you show guys a good time while they're on campus. And, and that's where I think that this, that this large number of, of top-level prospects being on campus can really help you. Also, there's the simple effect of, hey, I don't want to tell 15 different people uh, the same message. And, and obviously, they're going to individualize the message anyway. But there, there's some stuff you, there's some points you can get across with, with 20, 30, 40 people in the room uh, that, that everybody can hear and, and everybody can kind of, uh, you know, understand. And whether it's a Scott Strickland presentation about how they want to handle the strength staff and, and all of that stuff plays well with recruits, uh, it's good to have a large number of guys there hearing that at one time, uh, just for, if nothing else, just efficiency uh, purposes. I, I want to, I'm, I'm looking at this recruiting weekend, and, and obviously I'm not boots on the ground like you guys are. I, to be honest with you, I haven't traveled to see a recruit in a couple years and, and really talked to them other than, you know, DJ Daniel and, and, and Trayvon Walker last year to cover their uh, recruitment, their commitments, or, and, and go visit DJ Daniel in a pinch. But I look at the fact that there's a bye week after this, and, man, you want to talk about the ideal Sunday you know, some of these kids are going to get in on Saturday, maybe leave later on Sunday night, or maybe leave Monday. Man, that's you've got to love that. I mean, that if, if there's one thing that makes this weekend very doable, it's the fact that those coaches are going to have some free time on Sunday and Monday to to spend some time with these guys, to to build that relationship even further, to to spend time with their families, and that's massive. I mean, that is that is where one of the, one element of this weekend that I think pays off big down the road. I mean, Georgia's got probably seven more spots in this class if they keep the 16 they have, and we all know that silly season, that second recruiting season comes later on in the fall, where where commitment lists start to look a lot different. But you know, there, there aren't a ton of targets left on the board, there aren't a ton of spots left in this class, and and this is where. The, these coaches with the amount of time and the amount of uh, you know free time that they're going to have to talk to these guys, I think they're going to be able to get some messages across and, and really kind of uh, apply some pressure, let off some pressure, whatever. They're going to have the ability to do that, and, and I think that's very important. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, let's move on to to another recruiting topic, and and we've talked about, we've brought up some names, but we haven't talked about all the names. Is who's going to be in town? Who do we know is going to be in town, and how big is it? Rusty, big time guys in town. Can you kind of give us an idea of, of of a few of the guys that you're hearing about, and and who is most important, and 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 how big of a visit is it for these guys? Well, I mean you. You know, the, we're still working on the list, so as we will report more as the week goes on. But you know, you look at guys in the 2021 class. Uh, kind of confirmed this morning that Amarius Mims, five-star offensive tackle out of Blakely County, he's going to be here. Michael Morris out of Camden County, no 2021 uh, All-American as well. 
uh, he's going to be there. Um, I talked to Chief Borders, the uh, 2021 linebacker out of McKeetron. He's going to be there. Smile Munden uh, out of Paulding County. You know, he's going to be there. Pretty sure Barrett Carter, 2021 linebacker out of North Gwinnett, he's going to be there. So, listen, the people that follow this and listen to this podcast because of recruiting, it's going to be a who's who. I mean, if you, if they can get there, they're going to be there. You know, we were talking about – you're talking about Jake, talking about guys recruiting. I talked to MJ Sherman last night. He's got a massive game Saturday, massive game. They play IMG uh, in at home this weekend, which is a huge game for them. So that's going to be a big game up there. That takes away Warren Brinson, and that takes away MJ Sherman, two Georgia commits in that game, uh, which is going to be on a normal week. If that was next weekend – that would be the buzz of our board watching that game, but uh, obviously on a different weekend. So when you start thinking, you know, I think Georgia, I, I can't, I don't want to answer. I think it's around 400 tickets is what they have. So you start thinking around 130, maybe 140 prospects plus their two tickets. Uh, you know, they're going to turn away a lot, a lot of guys. But I would imagine by the time we unroll everybody that we have confirmed, uh, it's going to be a who's who. But the, the one thing, and Kip will know this as well, the one thing that's the news this weekend and the only reason I'm going to this game, the only reason, because I don't get to tailgate, Jake, we don't get to do all that. We're, we're on business that day. The only reason I'm going is to make sure I put eyes on who's in that recruiting uh, section, and that means committed elsewhere. Maybe kids were like, oh, you know, because if you're at this game, in my opinion, you are important to Georgia in some way, fashion, or form, no matter what class you're in, because this is there's there's a lot of kids that's not going to be able to get in this game, and Georgia has to make those decisions. So um, you know, that's the reason I am going because I, I could watch this game at home on my couch and do my job, but I need to be there to put eyes uh, on, on that recruiting section and see who actually shows up. But I would expect some committed elsewhere prospects to be there, no doubt, and we'll definitely have that as soon. I, you know, I text Kip a lot of times pregame kip hey this guy's there and kip i have you know we'll have a story up quick so uh that's part of the job now that's part of this world uh that we work in and 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 so it's going to be interesting not only who we're who we're expecting during the week but actually who shows up on saturday night absolutely because you know for a fact joe john willis who has offers from garner webb and charlotte is going to want to be at that game if he can. Whether he 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 probably knows he's not going to get an offer for from Georgia, sure. and he can absolutely get a get get into that game as a prospect for for Murray State. Heck, maybe even maybe even down the road when Georgia plays Kentucky or something, he ain't getting into Georgia Notre Dame. There there we're out of room, buddy. We don't I'll, have room. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this without saying a name because I don't want to call the young man out, which I think he's going to be an SEC level recruit. Uh, Georgia basketball told me, you know, we need you another game later down, down the line. This is a very young player. And it didn't, it's not going to hurt them with this guy. But I'm telling you, that's what kind of situation they're in where they're having to tell kids that I think they're going to be SEC level prospects. Hey, probably need to come to South Carolina or Missouri. So, absolutely. Yeah, that's. It's it's one of those t- you talk about you talk about it sometimes about tough decisions need to be made on on who to sign. This is one where hundreds of tough decisions are made for younger prospects that want to come to this game. That guys that they may not know quite yet how high they are on the board. They may not be quite to that point for the 2021 or 2022 class. Kip, uh, is there anybody you're expecting in in town that you think this is a, just a huge visit for? Well, just to add to what, you know, Rusty mentioned, uh, Barrett Carter, the linebacker at North Gwinnett, he did confirm to me this morning he planned to be there. And, uh, and also, um, I think it, it bears noting that Noel Sewell, his family told me that they actually plan to get there Saturday morning. So that that's when they're expecting to get there for, for their official visit. And another interesting uh, note, that five-star running back commit, Kendall Milton, you know, they've already got their tickets booked. They'll also be arriving Saturday morning to, uh, you know, to start recruiting, obviously, to see the big-time game. But Kendall's been kind of, uh, you know, he, he's been kind of chomping at the bit a little bit to, to get out there and try to help Georgia recruit. He's been very vocal uh, recruiting for Georgia, and, and they're hoping 
you know, he can get back on the field, I believe, when they start regional play. I think they're they're kind of bringing him back, just, uh, you know, trying to make sure that he can help them get to the playoffs. But another prospect that, that, you know, we're keeping a close eye on is is defensive, uh, defensive end Zykevis Walker. He confirmed to me this morning that he plans to be there on an unofficial visit this weekend. You know, that's 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 big for Georgia trying to finish out that that defensive line class. You know, he could play stand up. He could play defensive end. You know, uh, great sizes, as Rusty can attest to. I think it's, what, six foot five, pushing 260 right now? Sure. 270, maybe. You know, I saw him late summer down at Blackley. So, uh, you know, that six four half, 270 range, what they're exactly looking for in that, that defensive end. So he he's going to be there in town this weekend. He is he's yet, to my knowledge, to, to actually set any official visits. We continue to be told that that's something that him and his mother want to do is take these official visits. But to, again, Georgia continues to be able to get Zykevis Walker on campus. You know, we like where Georgia stands right there with him, and you know that that's obviously good news. Being able to potentially get them up there this weekend again it helps Georgia with this late kickoff because. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they, they, they'll tell you they're going to the game. And it's why, you know, Rusty and I try to be as cautious as possible as far as, you know, com- putting out our confirmed visitor list because they'll play that game Friday and they'll wake up Saturday and, and they're battered and bruised. And, and getting in that car, that trip, it, it just makes that trip seem a lot longer. And that, you know, that that motivation to get to the game dies down a little bit when, when you, if you're having to wake up and try to get to a noon kickoff or even maybe, you know, 3.30, it's, it gets a little tougher to, to get a lot of these guys on campus. And you see a lot of those last minute change of plans or maybe they'll go to a game that's closer. So that's why we try to show some caution, just saying, we got 80 guys confirmed they're going to this game. Obviously, over 80 prospects want to go see Georgia Notre Dame, but you know when it comes down to it, not all these guys are going to make it. But as of now, that you know that's a big visit for for Georgia and an in-state defensive lineman, an in-state prospect in a cycle that Georgia is doing the majority of the recruiting out of state. It seems you know he's one of those final one-two in-state guys that, that they're still ma- making a push for. You know, it's not uncommon for a prospect's name to be on multiple official lists. And when I say official, I mean Georgia's recruiting list in the computer or on hard copy in their office or Auburn's hard copy. I mean, one, two, three, four, five lists. If you've got that many good games that week, you know, a guy can can pick his spot and reserve his spot in several, several different spots. There's no... You know, you, these 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 schools, they sent out the written offers on, on August 1st. Those are still non-binding, and, and so is a recruit's commitment and his commitment to come visit because uh, it, it's it's happened many a times before where a guy will be expected in multiple places. And so I, I understand where you guys are coming from in terms of having to, to err on the side of caution there. Uh, all right, story time. We, we, we do this every now and then. We, we haven't done it in a little while. We figured it was a good time to get back to it. And we've got a clear agenda here is to talk about prospects that, that we have covered that we know have been affected by attending marquee big games, not necessarily out of conference. I mean, games like Georgia LSU or Georgia Alabama, Georgia, not Georgia Florida, that never happens, but, but Georgia Tennessee, stuff like that. Uh, Rusty, can you think back to your time, you know, however many years you've covered recruiting, uh, well over a decade, of guys that have have attended these big game environments and it's kind of changed things for them? You know, I'm going to step out of the box a little bit when you say big game because I'm not going – this wasn't a big game. It was a big environment. And when DeAndre Swift made his visit for G-Day – he ultimately said, hey, that, that was what sold it for me. He got, saw that many fans in the stands, and we talk about that, and that's really the first kind of, kind of time I heard him say, heard a big-time prospect say, man, that, that, that really swayed me because at the end of the day, it goes playing time. Are you comfortable there? Do you have that feeling? You know, what's your relationship like with your recruiting coach, your head coach, and other things? But DeAndre Swift has been quoted saying multiple times, that G-Day crowd was huge for him, and it sold him to come from Philadelphia to Athens to this, this football crazy town, and it will not 
surprise me one bit if Georgia, the atmosphere on Saturday, helps them land somebody down the line like this. And it may be a 2022 prospect that, you know, kind of just creeping into the college football recruiting world. And he's like, you know what, man, that, that, that's where I'm playing because I've, I haven't experienced anything like that. That's where I want to be. So, you know, DeAndre Swift doing that. Um, I don't want to steal anybody else's, but I'll say George Pickens last year at the Auburn game. Um, you know, I think that was a big visit for him to get a chance to see a team he was verbally committed to versus a team that that we now know that he was taking serious. You know, me and Kip, you know, kept saying, listen, George Pickens is not talking, but he is doing something and he's visiting. So uh, in the end, Georgia got him. But I think that visit for Georgia to to sell to him, hey, this is our program versus the one that you're verbally committed to. This is what we need. This is what, you know, you can do here. And uh, so I'll cheat and say two visits, uh, DeAndre Swift for that G-Day visit. And uh, I'll say uh, George Pickens last year at the Auburn game. Kip, what about you? What you got? It's funny because Jake just messaged me on the side, tried to, to toss me a softball on, on an older prospect. It just happened to be the one that I planned on bringing up. And uh, awesome. I, I thought I thought you might be thinking of that one anyway, but I was like, hey, it just popped into my mind. I had a different one, so I was like, hey, I want to make sure somebody knew about this. It's uh, going back to uh, 2011, and uh, Jordan Jenkins, you know, out of Harris County High School. I think he- heading into the fall at that point, Georgia was, I think, third. Uh, I know Alabama had a lot of momentum. And I honestly, if I remember correctly, Florida was running second. I think Georgia had a lot of ground to make up. And and Jordan made that that trip to Athens and saw them uh, play Auburn. And and Georgia, I believe, beat them 45-7 in that game. And and really, you know, just seeing them that day, it it gave Georgia a lot of momentum, kind of heading into that that final month in recruiting. We didn't have the – you know the early signing period then, but but still, it, it gave Georgia, you know, a chance to to really make a move there, and, and he brought up that environment, just uh, you know, being between the hedges and, and seeing the guys play, and then also just seeing seeing what that defense at the time was capable of, you know, uh, really had an impact on him, and he mentioned it. I mean, it, it was. When we write stories and we put them on Dogs 24-7 on the front page and Georgia's not in the top spot, we often get that reaction of, uh, you know, Georgia needs to move on, you know, or Georgia better, you know, they better look elsewhere. These recruitments aren't static. I mean, th- things do change. That That's why these coaches continue to recruit guys. And, and that's also why they, they make that push to try to get them on campus because they know that. If you get one of the, if you get this guy on campus, you have a shot. You have a shot to make a move, and it's also why, you know, during that last month, two months, you know, things change, and anything's possible. We may have been writing about certain things for three quarters of the cycle, but but when it comes to November, December, you know, all all bets are off, and this is where you know that contact period comes into play, and also just you know the the in home visits and all these little opportunities for the coaching staff to make a move and I think that that Auburn Georgia game really stood out to Jordan you know as a moment where it opened his eyes to the potential he had to to make an impact in Georgia's defense in that scheme at the time and it really paid off I mean I think uh, that was that was one, I mean, they had Jordan on campus multiple times before. I mean, he he was no stranger. I mean, we all, all three of us, we we've seen those those dog night matchups between Jordan Jenkins and, and John Theus. I mean, those that was kind of the the main memory I kind of have from from those dog night matchups. Not just that, also, you know, MVP camp, obviously with, with Rusty. I mean, that was like the first time we saw either of these prospects, and and so. They had that relationship together, and they competed multiple times. But still, you know, Georgia needed that little push to kind of give them a, a chance against these these other SEC powers that were impressing at that time. And, and I think that again, that big time atmosphere, top twenty matchup, and then having such a dominating win, kind of had a lingering effect on him, and and showed him that you know, again, I should probably consider the in-state school. And remember, he was not. You know, a Georgia native, military family, moved around a lot. And you see that a lot in the state of Georgia. There's a lot of transient families. You know, not all of these families grew up 
fans of Georgia are, are knowledgeable about the program. So that makes it even more important to, to educate them on, on what Georgia brings to the table. And, and so that on-campus visit paid off big dividends for Georgia with a guy that was a, was a major in-state prospect. Yeah, Georgia did have some ground to make up. I mean, hey, Florida may have been first going into that fall. I, I know that that after that game, I'll never forget, Kip, that Sunday after that game, I talked to, to, R, to R.J. Jenkins, Ronald Jenkins, the first time after that game, and, and he was like, man, Jordan is really feeling Georgia. My first recruiting cycle ever covering, we all know there's a lot of lessons to learn right away. And uh, I'll always kick myself for not having more stones than to, to just go ahead and, and find a way to put that out, to find a way to say, hey, you know, my, my stance from that point on was, hey, I think Georgia's, is, Georgia's in this more than folks are really giving them credit for. I think Georgia's got a legit shot at landing Jordan Jenkins. They made a move for the Auburn game, but I never really came out and, and said, hey, Jordan Jenkins is really feeling Georgia, and, and it just picked up from there, and then eventually Georgia lands him, and, and that was a pretty crazy day because – uh, I believe Rusty, you and 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 our guy over at Bama Online, Tim Watts, eventually kind of broke it that that you believed that that he was going to pick Georgia that day. And up until that, I don't think very many people had a had an idea that Georgia was actually going to get Jordan Jenkins and big time recruit. Ended up being a third round prospect, played a lot of snaps at Georgia, did a lot of dirty work for for Jeremy Pruitt's defense there at the end of his career, and and uh, it really helped set the tone and 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 for for some for some pretty good defenses and, and played a lot of good football at Georgia, and that was a big pickup. I'm going to go all the way back to before I covered recruiting. Hell, before I even graduated high school, okay? I'm a junior in high school, and, and I get invited by Matthew Thomas, who ended up being a wide receiver at South Carolina, caught a 53-yard pass against Georgia in 2001, to set up the South Carolina's game-winning field goal uh, at home. Uh, I believe it was Mark Rick's first loss as Georgia's head coach. And uh, uh, Matthew had invited me and another friend of ours to come up with him on a, on a recruiting trip, trip to Georgia. So we, we went up with him, got a chance to experience the whole recruiting thing. It was really cool, enjoyed it. Uh, we had the hostesses. That's back when they, they were all female and, and they were all trying to impress recruits. I think that's kind of been nixed by the NCAA now. And uh, it was the Tennessee game, and it was when Georgia ripped the goalpost down in 2000, and uh, huge, big-time environment. And uh, I'll never remember, I walked in, I'm sorry, I'll never forget, I walked into the building that day, you get off the elevators at Butts Mirror, uh, the Butts Mirror building, and and uh, on the second or third floor, I can't remember which one it was, and I see a guy standing there, and I'm like, man, if he can get recruited, I could probably get recruited. It was just this kind of chubby, uh, dark-haired kid, didn't really think anything of it. And uh, saw him, you know, getting around. He's getting a lot of attention. Didn't really pay any attention to that either. Uh, Matthew was getting a lot of attention. I think Georgia liked him at cornerback, and he wanted to play wide receiver. Lou Holtz gave him that ability to do that. The game comes on. Richard Seymour, Jonathan Sullivan, Marcus Stroud kind of take over. Georgia makes some big plays. Jasper Saints catches the touchdown. And uh, um, everybody knows what happens next. Georgia beats Tennessee, I think, for the first time in seven or eight years. The goalposts come down. And I remember being down there on the sideline as everybody rushed the field, and I turn around and I see that guy, and that guy looks at me and he goes, man, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. This is amazing. This is awesome. And uh, that guy was David Pollock. And uh, I, I think back at that, and I'm like, I, I don't think Georgia lands him. And I know they ended up having a coaching change at the end of that year, but I think that game was kind of what really put Georgia at the forefront for, for the – for the little chubby fullback, three-star, two-star fullback from Snellville, Georgia, Shiloh High School. And I think we all know how that ended up turning out for the Bulldogs, and and, and that's ended up turning out pretty well for him because he's he's doing quite well on his own right now. But uh, that was that was probably uh, the most, you know, the, the most firsthand experience I've ever had with an environment having that kind of effect on a prospect. Was when was when that happened to David Pollock and and I you know we see I see him up at Butts Mirror from time to time but I haven't ever had a chance to bring it up to him I doubt he'd remember it he's he's experienced three lifetimes over since that happened but uh, that was that's probably the number one thing I could probably point to is as a big time environment affecting a, a recruit. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. So, guys, anything else before we finish this thing up, or, or, or are we ready to uh, ready to preview what we got going on next week? I'm going to ask each one of you on, on the last one we do this week. I'm going to give you a cheat sheet so you'll be able to answer it ahead of time. You don't have to answer today, but I'm going to ask both of you. Bigger game Saturday night for Georgia or for Notre Dame? You can answer it later this week. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll definitely be thinking about that one because the answer is probably not as easy as it seems right as, right as it, that question comes out of your mouth for sure. Oh, before we finish, um, real quick, let, let, let's, let, we don't have a ton of time to spend on it. Georgia got a commitment last week, last Friday. Uh, uh, David Daniel, uh, high four-star prospect, uh, big-time athlete. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on, on him and his impact uh, on this class? On the 2021 class, by the way. I'll, I'll go here. Uh, saw, got, kind of got tipped off about he, had, he was turning into a football player. Didn't really know he was until about late November of last year. A young man that moved to Woodstock from South Florida. Interesting, he would have went to American Heritage, the high school, Sonny Michelle, uh, Tyson Campbell, those guys. He would have went to that program. Moved here to Woodstock. Dad, dad transferred jobs. 6'2", 185 pounds, um, guy that can play corner, guy that can play nickel maybe, star, guy that can play safety. So I do think long-term he's going to be a safety. Uh, we had him in Georgia Elite last year, very impressive, played corner for us. The more I've been around him three or four times, just very, very impressive young man. Academics is very, very important to him. Uh, in-state kid like that, no-brainer uh, for Georgia uh, to land someone like that and to take his commitment early. What do you think, Kip? Well, I remember talking to him. He visited Georgia for the Murray State game. You know, they only, you know, didn't have a ton of guys on campus that weekend, but made sure to, to get David Daniel on campus and talking to him. You know, the one thing that stood out to him was Charlton Warren, you know, going up to his, his sister. I believe that he's got like a two, three-year-old sister. And, you know, Family's really important to David Daniel. He's made that pretty apparent to me. And, you know, the girl just went straight up and, and let him pick her up and, and he carried her around. And that really caught his eye. And that's when I kind of knew that, you know, Georgia had some momentum there. I think uh, David had, at the time, you know, he had, he had been pre pretty open with his recruitment. He's got over 25, 26 offers. And, and even then he said that, you know, he kind of just planned to take visits and, and, you know, see what happens after the season. But I could tell then, you know, that, that quote kind of stood out to me that, that Georgia had some momentum there. And he's a guy that when you look at, you know, the film immediately, he's fearless. He is not afraid to come up and, and lower the shoulder, you know, and, and bring down the ball carrier. And he's got great range. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously – J.R. Reed, you know, this is his final season uh, for, for Georgia. And they right now in this 2021 class, you know, they, they have two guys who can play the safety position committed right now between David Daniel and, and, and Braylon Oliver out of South Carolina, you know. But they also have two guys that, that fit what they're looking for, guys with size who they can just play, you know, pretty much across the board in the secondary. And that is definitely becoming, you know, the trend. Uh, with the with the secondary as far as Kirby Smart and Charlton Warren want the guys with size who, who can play anywhere in the secondary and and so you know he, he he made that commitment just you know couple couple days after that visit you know Rusty had that one and broke that one you know while I was catching some Z's and uh, big time pickup for Georgia I really I really like this young man an in-state guy and a guy that I think again Love the versatility and, and and just uh great character as well, high character. So uh big pickup for Georgia and, and gives them some momentum in that class going into this weekend against Notre Dame when they're gonna have a lot of twenty twenty one guys on campus. And I think we're gonna see probably some more momentum. We'll see more movement 
in that 2021 class maybe in the near future than we will the 2020 class just because we're getting to that stage where these seniors, you know, they're kind of just, they're looking at December, maybe the January All-American games. They're starting to kind of move toward that. And you don't see a lot of in-season commitments from from senior prospects because they start just to, to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Well, why not just wait and announce that, you know, in, in December? So, uh, we, we again, if we're looking toward trying to predict commitments, which is a horrible uh, business to be in, but I, I think this 2021 class is where the Bulldogs might, you know, be getting more momentum as far as co- verbal commitments are concerned. Great stuff, guys. And uh, if, if you all didn't already know, if you're not a member of our site and, and haven't been following Kip and Rusty for years, you just listened to two of the best, uh, regardless of market, regardless of team, uh, recruiting guys out there. I mean, they, these guys have been doing it for a long time, and they've got a tremendous feel uh, of recruiting and, and what you've heard about the Georgia-Notre Dame game and how big it can be for Georgia in recruiting 2021-2020. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can you can take it to the bank. You you can you really can. These guys know what they're talking about. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. But on on later on this week, we're we're not a 100% set on a time, but we will have a third show this week. It's going to be all Georgia Notre Dame. We're going to break this thing down. We're going to talk about the players we think match up well. We're going to talk about key matchups. Where Rusty's already posed the question: Who's it bigger for, Georgia or Notre Dame? We're going to have all that score predictions and everything. We can't wait to get to it. It's going to be a packed show. Carve out some time for us. Make sure you're ready for it and and you've got about 45 minutes to, to give us a look and, and, and see what we've got to say. But until then, I'm Jake Rowe of Dogs 24-7. With me has been Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7, the Junkyard Dogcast, and we'll see you guys later on. <laughs>